The following is a Thunderbolt West Media Production. I'm talking world situation and survival. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as surviving in these troubled times, creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I do my best to be a resource as you prepare to protect your family. In this show, I also talk about a wide variety of topics, everything from government corruption to chemtrails. I also feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving, so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations, WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, on 7490, WTWW, Lebanon, Tennessee, on 5085, and on WRMI, Radio Miami International, Okeechobee, Florida, on 5850. And this show airs on 89.3 FM, Key Radio, in Osage Beach, Missouri. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Podpoint, Red Circle, Spreaker, Podbean, and Podomatic. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and I invite you to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I do appreciate it. Well, I hope that you're having a nice 2024 so far. And 2024 has been, let's say, interesting for me so far. Seems like you never know when something's going to come up and surprise you, but it happens. But I hope your 2024 has a nice, smooth start to it. Because today I'm going to talk about 2024 and I'm talking within the next few weeks. I really think that all of this election shenanigans with knocking Donald Trump off the ballot is going to start a movement that is going to be just unstoppable. And I hope that it stays peaceful, but 
I think that the powers that be have purposely put us in a pressure cooker without a pressure relief valve. And that really has me concerned for sure. But when you see the evil that Netanyahu and the rest of the Israeli government is doing, and make no mistake, it's total genocide of the Palestinians, because they seem to now be using incendiary bombs against civilians. And that's just absolutely wrong. And I do believe that when all is said and done, we're going to have quite a few people executed for war crimes. And then you have to look at the release of this Jeffrey Epstein record books that are going to name names of who was on the flights that went to take these people to have illegal sex with young girls and young boys. It's just sickening. And I think that when the names are released, there's going to be very many people who are furious at the backstabbing and the deceit and the people that lied that said they weren't part of that organization as far as taking part in molesting children. But I think that there's going to be a huge smokescreen that they're going to lay to try to get people to not really pay attention. And so I do see a false flag coming. I see something really, really big happening. But you have the Houthis that are wanting to step up their operations, and they've declared war, and they have also declared they're going to do a blockade. Of course, you have 44 nations that say that that's illegal, and that it's piracy and terrorism. But as far as I know, the Houthis have declared the war, and they've done it. I guess if there's a right way to start hostilities, they they have at least attempted to. But we have 44 countries that have signed on to something, have signed on to a document that is telling the Houthis to knock it off or else. But what about the hundreds of the hundred or so other nations that didn't sign this? There lies the problem. Our whole world is going to be fractured. It already is, but I mean really fractured. And I see the next 30 days as being vital in understanding that your time for prepping is now over. And you might think, well, the gas prices are low and things are getting better. All the Houthis have to do is to fulfill their promise and start sending cruise missiles into the infrastructure of Saudi Arabia to start knocking out the oil fields. And I really do believe they will do that. And when that happens, the price of gas and oil is going to go through the roof. And of course, we still have all of the shipping problems that have been ongoing now. The supply chain has been purposely sabotaged. And with the outbreak of World War III, and make no mistake, we're in it, it's going to escalate, we're going to see prices go through the roof. So if you're still prepping, I'm going to give you a countdown of less than 30 days to have everything in order. I'm not trying to scare you, I'm trying to make sure that you're prepared. I don't know what's going to happen, but it seems like that the things are lining up for escalations to ramp up in a huge way. And with the recent assassination of the Hamas leadership in Beirut and other parts of Lebanon by the Israelis, 
is destabilizing that area even further. And then the fact that Mossad apparently was behind killing over 100 people that were at a ceremony honoring a military leader that was assassinated by the Trump administration. And they were all in the cemetery doing a commemoration and they were targeted with two very sophisticated suitcase bombs. And if you don't think that these people don't have mass casualties in mind, they put a 10 second delay between explosions and they knew which direction the people would run to try to get out of that cemetery. And they let everybody get a head start and they ran right into that second bomb. And so the people who are doing the acts of terrorism, which in this case is Mossad of Israel, according to all sources that I have come up with, they're taking evil to all new levels. And so 2024 has started off definitely shaky for most countries anyway. But today I wanted to talk about some of the things you can do to do your final preps. But I wanted to lay the groundwork that the world is disintegrating. And if I would use an analogy, it's like you're on thin ice and the ice is cracking. And so you better get off that ice or you're going to fall through. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, worldwide society is on thin ice and the ice is cracking. We're not only seeing the cracks, we're hearing the cracks. And the next thing that's going to happen is we're going to fall through. And so we have to get to a place of safety as fast as possible. And that's the spirit in which I'm offering the show. I do want to thank all the people that sent me cards and letters and Christmas wishes and New Year's wishes. Thank you so much. And to my crazy conspiracy theorist sister who lives in the woods. Wow, I'm impressed. You are an excellent artist and you and your husband are awesome friends. Thank you so much for all you do. I really do appreciate it. And I got several other very nice letters. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of my radio family. That really means a lot to me. Okay, now back to the prepping. If you don't have your simple tools in order, I'm talking about hammers, spade shovels, snow shovels, maybe a scoop shovel. I know that might sound weird. But if things get as bad as I think they're going to get, we're going to have to go back to the basics of life which may mean starting over, literally starting over, in a strange place. You're going to have to build yourself. And I use the word build. I probably should have used the word construct because I'm talking about temporary shelter you can use if you're caught out in the open. So I would at least have one of those military shovels, the fold-up types. I would at least have one of those. They sell some really neat shovels that are actually multi-tools that have tools built into the spade part of the shovel, and so you might want to consider looking into those. I'm not saying get thousands of tools and be burdened with having way too much things that you may not be able to store or carry, but in your survival building, wherever you're keeping your stash, make sure you have some of the simplest tools that you might overlook. And when I'm talking hammers, I would have a very good claw hammer, a ball-peen hammer, and then I'd have a pretty good sledgehammer. I'd have several chisels and punches. And it would be a good idea to have some 
wood screws and nails and different fasteners like that, maybe some nuts and bolts, on hand in your survival building or wherever your stash is. I'd make sure I had at least several adjustable wrenches, such as pipe wrenches and crescent wrenches and vice grip type wrenches. I'm a big fan of the old-fashioned alligator wrench or bulldog wrench, which most people actually detest, but that's because they don't use them correctly. If you use them right, they're a very good tool, and there are several sizes of alligator wrenches, but if you can get three of the three different main sizes, you'll have almost every tool you'll ever need in three wrenches. And unlike adjustable wrenches, these wrenches do not slip. These wrenches don't resize themselves, but they can slip. If you use them wrong, you're going to bust a knuckle. That's why people don't like them. It's because they use them wrong. But if you use them right, you'll never bust a knuckle. And of course, box end and open end wrenches, a socket set. Make sure you have a keyhole saw and a, and a hacksaw for metal. I would have a bow saw as well as just a good old-fashioned saw to saw through boards. I'd have a brace and bit, and I'd also have one of these hand crank drills. Definitely would have those. And of course, drill bits. And you notice I'm not mentioning any power tools. I think that if you have power tools, that's great. But if you're looking for emergency tools, well, these tools will all work in emergencies. I'd make sure I have a nice supply of lighters, and you have to take into account that the lighter fuel will evaporate out. And so I'd have several big boxes of matches. Make sure you have candles, some kerosene, some kerosene lamps. In other words, get ready to be old school. Get ready to be your great-grandparents. Any type of an item that you think they may have used, you want to look at and consider adding that to your survival arsenal. And I've mentioned several times to have a library of books, including how-to books and different information that will help you survive. I think that's a must. I know I've said quite a few times that I think time is short and that we need to do everything in our power to finish our prepping. I've said that probably ten times this last year. But seeing how things are ramping up and how fast they're ramping up, leads me to believe that something big is on the horizon. And if it isn't, I'll be very surprised, but I'll be happily surprised, that's for sure. But if you're someone who's been prepped for several years, you need to take an inventory of your present stocks and also make sure you don't have anything that has a broken seal on it or something that might have contaminated the food that you've stored. And of course, put back as much money as you possibly can. Now, money might become worthless sooner than later, but there still will be a window of time where money will be something you're going to be able to use. And so I wouldn't hesitate in gathering as much money as you can and keeping it in your possession. Now, a lot of people are talking about the imminent failure of banks and different currencies and I'm not quite ready to buy that's going to happen real soon. I think that it would happen real soon if things were left to their natural course, but we have so many shysters in the banking industry, they're pulling so many strings, and 
kicking the can down the road and inventing different laws in different countries to do certain things to shade their numbers. So I'm not sure if the monetary system is going to fail or not because there's so many people monkeying with it right now. Ultimately, it's going to fail because you can't kick the can down the road forever. And there will be a time where the chickens are going to come home to roost. But I don't think that time is now. I think it's probably fairly soon. But I think storing money and having it on hand is a very good idea. But I think that the most important thing we can do, other than getting right with God, which is the most important thing we can do, but as far as personally, I think we need to have the right mindset. I think we need to understand that what we're going to go through is going to be fresh territory, especially in North America. I do believe that America was blessed at one time and protected. But I heard another talk show host say, and I think he's dead on correct, that it's not the ground, it's not the country that God protects, it's the people. And since the United States as a country, as far as our government is concerned, has turned its back on God and a large group of our society has turned their back on God, that if God blesses America, he's going to bless those who are his children. I think in the past, God was able to bless this whole country because there were so many people that lived in the United States that were active, that were children of God. But that's not the case anymore. I think that the people that profess to have Jesus as their personal Savior, I think it's below 50% in the United States. And also, we have those that claim to be Christians that they might not be strong Christians. They might not have a walk with the Lord at all. And so I do believe that if we get right with God as Americans, I think God will help protect us and guide us. And so I really think it's very important and vital that you get right with God. But second to that, I think you need to get your mind ready to see things you don't want to see and to hear things you don't want to hear. Because things once said can't be unsaid, or things seen can't be unseen. And I think that our country is soft. I think that we've been a country that has been purposely softened for moments like this. When the going gets tough, there is no tough people to get going. And I know a lot of people out there who are prepped and ready, and they have everything in order much better than I do. But yet, mentally, they have this picture that when the grid goes down, all they have to do is flip a switch and just life is normal. If things happen like I think they're going to happen, which I think things are going to get much worse, that everyone's life is going to be turned upside down and we're not going to recognize anything. Our way of life is going to be extinct all across the Western world. And who knows what's on the back side of this. But if you think, oh, it's victory for the United States, that's what's on the back side. Well, I would hope you were right for we the people's sake, but I really don't think that that's going to be the case. I think that 
that proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back has happened. And I think that it's just a matter of time before we see the effects of horrible foreign policy and horrible economic policies, especially over the last three years under the illegitimate Joe Biden administration. We're a much weaker country, and we don't have the infrastructure anymore to produce our way out of a big mess. During World War II, the United States proved to be an industrial giant, and there was nothing that the enemies of the United States could do because we could simply outproduce them. So if they shot down one of our airplanes, we could produce three airplanes to replace that one. And the other countries did not have that capability. Therefore, we won World War II. But today's a whole different world, and our factories are closed or torn out or boarded up. And I don't think we have skilled laborers enough to operate all the machines that need to be operated. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on VeteranBrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to VeteranBrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show, and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at VeteranBrigades.com. I think that our minds here in the United States have become arrogant, fat, lazy, and apathetic. And it's really hard to turn those people into very productive people. And unfortunately, we have an awful lot of people that that is what they go by. They just, everything is to make their life easier so they don't have to do anything. Well, we're going to have to have people with great work ethic going forward. People that are willing to roll up their sleeves and get to work. That's what I mean by getting your headspace right, is that we all have to be able to do what we need to do when it needs to be done. Now, here lately, I've been so preoccupied trying to get things in order so I could take a few days away that I've neglected an awful lot of things here, and so I'm off balance. And i got to get myself balanced again really quick because I don't think I have much time to do so. And so, using me as an example, you need to do everything in your power to get your whole life in order and get it as organized as you can, and then try your best to keep it organized or to constantly make improvements on your situation. Because we shouldn't make the mistake that the enemy is not planning your demise and my demise, because they are. And they do that on a daily basis. And to counter that, we're going to have to come up with ways to better our situation on a daily basis. 
We can't just put a plan in place and say, okay, plan's in place, let's just sit back and watch things happen and see what goes on. I think you're going to get run over. I think you're going to have to be very active in keeping current with the news, keeping current with world events. And I think you need to be able to function at a high level, no matter what may come your way. And so to be able to do that, you have to have everything mentally in balance, and you have to have it all together. Now, I have to admit, I'm not quite there yet myself, but I'm working on it. But each day, I do my studies, and I find out how things are deteriorating all over the world. And the world is so interconnected now, like it's never been that we all have to keep our eyes open and be willing to see the things that we're going to see. And we're going to have to make split decisions of what we want to do about some of the things that we have seen, or in this case, heard, because yesterday I was on the shortwave radio just seeing what was on at that hour, and I stumbled on the Voice of America. Now, maybe I'm wrong here, but the Voice of America, I thought, was gone. I thought they had closed all of that down. And if they hadn't closed it all completely, well, then I'm just ignorant of the fact that they're still going. But it was my understanding that the Voice of America had deemed that shortwave radio wasn't as necessary because everyone was on the Internet. And I heard a broadcast from the Voice of America, and it was news. And the news I heard was very slanted. It was very much propaganda. And following that program, I didn't catch what station, because I didn't hear the station ID, but following the program on a frequency that was almost on top of Voice of America, but was only just barely on another frequency, but I did have to tune it in. It was a program in Arabic. And I listened to that program in Arabic just to, try to find out what it was about. Not that I can speak the language, but I was trying to kind of catch the, the overall feeling of what that show was trying to put out. And they included music and some pleasant-sounding dialogue. It didn't sound like anyone calling anybody to do something drastic. It's, it was more like a music show out of the 1970s. It had that feel. The music had that feel about it, even though it was new music. It was done in an old style. But I thought that was ironic that Voice of America was followed immediately by a radio program that was all Arabic. Now, I don't know if that means anything or whether that means there are sleeper cells in this country, and we now have people broadcasting in Arabic, and who knows what kind of codes they're using that's going to activate the terror cells. So made me kind of wonder just which ears were supposed to hear that Arabic program. But when you have Voice of America coming back on the air, then you know that something's up, because that's how they're going to communicate with a lot of the troops, a lot of the seamen and airmen, is by shortwave radio. And if they put that up on shortwave, that could be heard all over the world. And signals can be directed to and so, I think they're ramping up shortwave. When you start hearing programs like that, you know that there's definitely an increase. 
And I had several people write me letters that they received short waves for Christmas and they were real happy to find my show, which I'm real happy they did. And so I know there's lots of newbies out there with shortwave radios and I'm going to talk to you a little bit in the second half of the show. But I just wanted to make it really clear that world events are spiraling out of control. And if you've ever driven on black ice and lost control of your car, if you're on the extremely dangerous bad black ice, the type that has no forgiveness, you're just going to have to hang on until your car is stopped by something it hits. There's just no way that you're going to steer your car. And the harder you try to get it under control, the more it goes out of control. And I'm afraid as a society worldwide, we have hit that patch of black ice and we've lost control. And so for the next month or so, I think we're going to see us careen wildly out of control. And we're going to be going into this ditch and flying out of that back into the other ditch. It's going to be a wild ride. And I hope that everyone gets prepared and is ready for this. And I'm going to stay here as a watchman on the wall, and I'm going to try to motivate you and encourage you to do what you can to take care of yourself, because that's your best hope. Before I take the mid-show break, I want to encourage you to become a partner to help keep this radio show on the air. I don't get paid, and I'm a one-man show. I do all the editing and all the recording and the distribution, everything is done by me. And I produce this show to try to help you and your family. And so if you find value in the show and would like to help out with expenses, I would sure appreciate it because I have to buy the airtime on the station you're listening to. I take checks, money orders, or cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners Give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. If you're tuned to Frequency 7.490, you're listening to WBCQ. If you're on 5850, you're listening to WRMI, Radio Miami International. And if you're listening on 89.3 FM, you're in tune with Key Radio, Osage Beach, Missouri. America, played by the Edison Military Band.
Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. Welcome to part two of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is Jim Calhoun, and I do appreciate you tuning in. Well, today I've been talking about the world situation and how it's deteriorating and also mentioning some things we can do about it. But most of it's just out of our control, which is something that is going to happen regardless of what we do about it. So we're going to have to get ourselves ready for a very rough and rocky road, I'm afraid. Before I get into the meat of the second part of the show, I have a couple of things I want to address. First of all, I was contacted by a listener in Pennsylvania, Karen and her husband Eric have contacted me about some Amish farms being raided and their food confiscated and it seems that the people that are trying to rule the world they want us to all eat what they want us to eat and so anyone who is trying to actively feed people and give them wholesome quality ingredients and in the cases I'm talking about are all organic farms looks like they're sending in SWAT teams or state police or something. I have to do more research on it. But they're working real hard to starve you and your family, I do believe. And so I'm going to be doing a show about that. And then also a show about man's inhumanity to man. I have listeners that contact me that are very much alone. And so I want to talk to my listeners who are alone. And there are several in particular that I'm going to not give you any names or where they're from. And I think they'll understand I'm talking about them. But we have lots of brothers and sisters in Christ who are being ostracized because God has opened their eyes. And they have eyes to see and ears to hear. And so they're seeing things and hearing things that they fully understand. But yet no one around them could see or hear what they do. And so when they try to talk to their family or friends, they're treated like they're just outcasts. And it seems that we have a society that piles on to people who dare speak the truth. And so I would advise you to fear not and to grow in your faith and thank God that he is opening your eyes so you can see and opening your ears so you can hear. Well, the first half I was talking about some of the problems and the second half I'd like to get into solutions and I mentioned shortwave radio so I'm going to pick things up there we have a lot of newbies out there that that have just received their first shortwave radios and they've undoubtedly turned them on and flipped through the dial and didn't find much that's pretty typical the reason is is that you have to learn when the best listening times are in which frequencies are going to have the shows at certain times a day. 
There are certain frequencies that work great during the day, but are not that good at night, and vice versa. And so my suggestion to you would be, is to keep listening and keep turning the dial frequently, about every half hour. You have stations that pop on and pop off at different times of day. You have some of the larger radio stations have several transmitters, and each transmitter's antennas are aimed a different direction. And if you live where I live in central Nebraska, sometimes shortwave listening can be a little tedious because really nothing is aimed at us. It's kind of skirts bias a little bit. And there are days and nights that shortwave listening is not that easy to do because there's not that much we can pick up. But there's also times where the reception is just beautiful. And so you have to really have patience to be a shortwave radio listener. But most of the people that listen to shortwave radio and really give it a good chance and really work at it, they start finding patterns of how the different broadcasters or different radio stations will run their programming as far as which frequency and what times. And once you start getting in sync with how the broadcasters have it all set out, then shortwave radio is not only informative, it's very interesting. I've had people suggest that I talk about different types of antennas and different radios, and I'm still studying on that. I don't want to give any advice that's not good, but I'm just going to assume that you have a portable radio with a telescoping antenna, one of the radios. It's not very high dollar, but it's not cheap, but just a middle-of-the-road portable radio. And that's what most people have got for Christmas, and so I'm going to address that. The best way to get reception on one of those is to make sure that you have your radio in a hot spot in your house. And what I mean by that is turn that radio on and just walk to different rooms and put your antenna towards different windows and different corners of the room. And you'll find that there are sweet spots in your house that really do receive well. And you'll find dead spots in your house that if you have your radio there, you're not going to hear anything. But what I recommend as a cheap way to get started is get some insulated wire, just some some 14 or 18 gauge. It doesn't have to be anything too spectacular. And use 20 to 30 feet of this wire. And then find the window in your house that seems to get the best reception. And then around the curtain rod or the window frame, just someplace you can kind of hide it, you can make yourself a loop antenna. And then you hook it to your other antenna by simply spiraling around your other antenna four or five times. And I wouldn't bear the wire. I'd make sure that the wire still had its insulation on because you don't want to overmodulate. Because if you make your antenna touch metal to metal, then you're going to pick up some static and some things you don't want to pick up. But that little bit of insulation kind of acts as a choke and it keeps it from overmodulating while it still does increase performance. And then if you want to use your radio as a portable, well, then everywhere you go, you're going to want to find the optimum spot for you to place your radio. And what I do with the pocket held, the really small portable radios that really don't have much antenna capability, 
is that where I'm, when I'm working outside, I'll carry a wooden stake, and that wooden stake will have a wire on it. I'll just stick the wooden stake in the ground, and I'll hook my little portable pocket radio up to a makeshift wire I have with me to increase performance. Now, of course, the digital radios are always better because you have much more control over which frequency that you're going after instead of a rotary dial. But everything I have is rotary dial. It works fine. It's just sometimes I don't quite know what frequency I'm on because it seems to not be quite accurate to the readout that's on the face of the radio. But give yourself two or three weeks and you're going to start finding programs that are constantly aired. Of course, you're going to find Brother Stare and you're going to find University Network and you're going to find Bob Bierman, Truth to Ponder, and Hal Turner and you're going to find True News and all sorts of programs on WWCR, which I do not broadcast with them, but they have some awesome programs, and WBCQ and WRMI. And then there's some other stations that I do not broadcast with that are still going, one out of Pennsylvania, and that has good programming. And of course you have international programming. Sometimes it's not in English, but if it's a music show, I've heard some great programming out of Brazil. It was Brazilian music. And if you're into that style of music, well, that's a great show. And there's shows like Radio Trumbull out of Scotland, which is a classical music show. And there's all sorts of gospel music shows and all sorts of ministries that are up and down the dial of shortwave. You just have to know when to listen, what day, and what time of day. So have patience. And don't listen once or twice and say, this thing doesn't work, and put it in a box. That's the worst thing you can do. You have to kind of train yourself to be a knowledgeable shortwave listener. And you also have to understand that you're not going to be listening to FM quality, pristine audio. You're going to be hearing audio that some of it gets distorted. And sometimes there's a noise or a hiss or something that will come in over the top. Shortwave radio is not the optimum audio quality. But I think that the interesting programs that you'll find all over shortwave are worth the trade-off. Most of these people have podcasts as well that broadcast, and so what they do air is high quality. But after the distance and the atmosphere gets through doing its tricks to this high-quality audio before it gets to your speaker, that by the time it gets through your speakers, it, sometimes it can be distorted. And again, you're going to have to train your ear on how to listen to shortwave effectively. And to those that have the higher dollar units that want to talk about which style of antenna and so forth, I'm still studying on that. Personally, I made my own antenna, and I don't know if it's optimum or not. It works really well. But it's nothing to look at. It's really nothing to talk about. It's just trick fence wire that I have plenty of that. I have plenty of because I use that to fence my cows and I have and I had about fifty feet of electric fence wire. And so I simply just wrapped it around, leaving a half inch interval between wraps. Just wrapped it around a one by one and and then took some nylon straps and strapped it onto a metal stake and so I could stick it in the ground and then I ran that into the house 
and any time I'm having trouble getting reception, I'll hook this antenna up, and, and it will vastly improve reception if I'm getting none. But if I'm getting reception and I hook it up, it overmodulates and it picks up even FM stations on the shortwave, which it should not be picking up the local stations. That means that antenna is way too powerful, but it does work for how I use it. But the more I listen to shortwave, the more I thank God for shortwave. I thank God for the people that have the vision and also the tenacity to own and operate the stations in which we buy our airtime. I very much appreciate their efforts because we have groups of people that are putting their money where their mouth is. And if you want to get rich and have a big fortune, well, the first thing not to do is to buy a shortwave station. It costs an awful lot of money to be on shortwave, and it's a labor of love. And I would imagine that there's very few people that have gotten rich off of shortwave. But that's the beauty of it. That's kept the corporate world out of it. And so shortwave is a world of radio entrepreneurs and radio purists and people that really do put their money where their mouth is as far as free speech. And so to all the shortwave listeners, especially the newbies, you have to understand that what you're listening to is real and it's a labor of love, regardless of what program. Because just owning the stations and maintaining them and all the expense and hard work to keep these stations operational is phenomenal, and it takes a phenomenal commitment. And so we should always understand that we have engineers and station owners and different people that are working on the shortwave stations are doing their utmost best to bring you the best product they possibly can. Now, I know lots of people don't like AM radio because they don't like the audio quality. Well, I think the top quality you can get out of shortwave is if it sounds like a local AM station. And so don't be expecting FM and don't expect corporate radio to magically just show up on your shortwave. So if you're addicted to corporate radio, such as, let's say, Fox News or one of the talking heads, I'm going to say Sean Hannity, if that's who you're addicted to, well, shortwave is not going to be your bag. But if you want to hear fresh opinions from fresh people that actually do believe what they're saying and they put their money where their mouth is and they buy the airtime to say it, if you're into things more real and not controlled, well, shortwave is definitely for you. And it's been several years since I've listened to traditional radio. I just can't turn it on. I will admit that I listen to sporting events on AM radio once in a while, a football game or a football or a basketball game I will tune into. And even then, I can't hardly get away from it fast enough because of the commercials they play and the 24-7 brainwashing that's taking place by the corporate media. And so I think shortwave radio is the last bastion of free speech on the airwaves. And I'm proud to be part of shortwave. And I plan on continuing to grow my career in shortwave. And there's also something about shortwave listeners. They're extremely loyal. They're extremely thankful. They're appreciative. And almost all of them are a cut above as far as intelligence. If you could see the letters that I get in the things that people send me, 
that are handmade or done by them, you would be amazed at the talented people that listen to shortwave radio. And so the people that listen to shortwave a lot or exclusively, I have to say, are a cut above an intelligence to those who don't. Because it takes intelligence to understand shortwave radio in the first place. And once you get the understanding and you and you start figuring it out and getting with the program and hearing fresh ideas from people who are very intelligent, there's lots of good shows out there on shortwave. And also, if you want to strengthen your walk with Jesus, there's an awful lot of ministries on shortwave that are excellent. There's several that aren't, but most are excellent. And that goes for all the shows. Most are excellent on shortwave. And you're not going to see a lot of similarities between the shows because each show is produced by an independently and totally different than the show you just listened to. And so from just being interesting, shortwave can't be beat. So I have to tell all the new shortwave listeners, welcome aboard. I've already heard from about a dozen of you that got Christmas presents that caught my show. And to you, I say you had a good Christmas, that you got a good Christmas gift in that radio. Just hang tough, learn how to use it. And then in a time of crisis, you won't have to be in a learning curve. You're already done with your learning curve. And that leads me to have to say that if we have an EMP attack or the power grid goes down or something, our shortwave stations are going to go away, especially the ones that take a whole bunch of power. And I'm talking well over a million dollars worth of power a year that they pay just to broadcast. And these are family-owned independent companies, by the way. And so that's really stepping out on faith. But there are going to be other countries that will not be affected that will be beaming their signal into the United States. And I really don't think that they're going to be able to shut shortwave down totally because people that work and manage and make their living with shortwave are probably the most creative type people I've ever been around. And they also have this kind of a feeling of a pirate about them. Not that they're doing anything illegal, it's just they know that they're marching to a different drummer and they know they're not mainstream. And they also really believe in what they're doing, and so if they get knocked off the air by something, like an EMP attack or something, you can rest assured that the creative minds that are the engineers and the owners of the shortwave stations are going to find a way around it, whether it be outboard power generators or or using another transmitter from another company in another country. And I'm going to use Bob Bierman as an example. If you told Bob Bierman he could never broadcast again and shut him off, and if he really wanted to broadcast, Bob Bierman would broadcast because he has the knowledge and the tenacity and the intelligence to get it done. And I don't think he's alone. Everyone that I've talked to that's an engineer in short wave will figure something out to keep you informed. And so that's another reason for you to really enjoy your short wave. But get to know it. Don't judge it too early. If you're not getting a good experience on your short wave, then 
you have to be on a higher learning curve and learn how to make it work for you. And before this show is done, I want to once again tell you that it is really past time to prep. I think we have about 30 days. I've said that before and I've been wrong. And I'll always admit when I'm wrong. But this has a different feel about it. The assassinations that are going on, the rhetoric that the politicians or dictators or whoever they are, their rhetoric is getting over the top and we're rapidly approaching what they call crunch time. And I really think that World War III has been going on for quite some time. But I think that we haven't known it because it's been pretty much behind-the-scenes cyber-type attacks and the other attacks that are physical have been few and far between, but they're all connected. I'm thoroughly convinced you can connect the dots from probably the Spanish-American War all the way through World War One and Two and Korea and Vietnam and Desert Storm and Desert Shield and all of the things we've been involved with, the war in Afghanistan. It's all connected. And the common denominator is the military-industrial complex And these people are getting richer by the second. And they're extremely happy about it. And they are in the death business. Death means money for them. And there is a death cult out there. We see it every day with the skulls and the bones and on the clothes and the tattoos and some of the things that are on people's minds that they put a bumper sticker or something on their car that society is in really bad trouble and we have a death cult that is just running wild right now. And that's the pro-abortion, pro-euthanasia people. And they're politically strong. They don't have the moral high ground, but they definitely are politically strong. And with the release of the Jeffrey Epstein records, I think we're going to see an awful lot of people panic and do stupid things. And I don't know exactly what's in store for us, but I would be willing to bet that by the end of January, we're going to see some major changes happening in troop deployments and engagements that we may or may not be in at that time. But I would really keep an eye out on everything. Stay vigilant. and. Really trust your instinct. We have to do that in 2024. I'm not saying jump to conclusions or get hasty, but we're going to have to really know how to think fast on our feet and also act fast on our feet. And those that can master that are going to get through this year fairly decent, I do believe. Now, I don't think our country is going to have a very good year, and I think there are sections of this country that will actually be physically attacked. I think the possibility of that is great, and I'm not predicting it, but I think that we need to watch for it. And just a little side note, I've had people ask me, what's the best places to go out and try to get away from all the chaos and madness that they see coming? And while this may sound risky, on one hand, I think it makes sense. There's quite a few areas near where I live that have no cell phone service. And you can drive 30 or 40 miles before you get service again. 
And to answer your question where are the best places to go, well, I would find the places in your area that have no cell service. If you want a safe place, a place you can really get away from everything, I would look at that. Now, you might say, well, if I don't have my cell phone, how can I contact people if I drive to a place where there is service, if I need help? Well, I'm not saying get rid of your cell phone, because if it has no service, you're not going to be able to call anyone anyway, and your cell phone isn't going to work. So you can always drive to a place where your cell phone does work. But what I'm getting at is that most people avoid those kind of areas. And the modern flash mobs and the people that coordinate attacks on people, like Black Lives Matter, was totally scripted and organized before they went out and smashed cars. They use cell phones to communicate amongst themselves. And so it stands to reason that they won't operate or can't operate in regions where the cell phones don't work. Now, of course, you can't call 911 or anything else if you have an emergency. So there are downsides to it, but, but I think it needs to be looked at as an idea in your area to go to somewhere where the cell phone service just does not work. That may make you somewhat more at risk, but also it may make you somewhat safer. So you have to kind of think that through and see if that sounds like a viable option for you. Well, I would ask that you consider donating to this program to keep it on the air. I really appreciate those who have donated. I think it's awesome. I think that you're wonderful. And I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. But I need more people to partner with me if I'm going to grow this show. So I would appreciate it if you would send in a donation by check or money order or cash. And you'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69143. Again, thanks for listening. Until And until next time, everyone, stay hopeful, stay brave, get tough, keep your powder dry, and never ever forget replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.